From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4 Baker Baker. This is the national news from the WIA for week commencing November 29, 2015. And WRC15 is over and a new band at 5 megs. The ITU World Radio Communications Conference, held in Geneva, November 2 through 27, is over and it has made a number of important decisions. Most attention by radio amateurs has focused on the new 5 MHz allocation, while there are other several topics that kept the IARU team members very busy. We told you on last week's broadcast that Agenda Item 1.4 resulted in a secondary allocation of 5351.5 to 5366.5 kHz for the amateur service, the first new HF band for radio amateurs since 1979. However, the IARU team had to negotiate its way through a strong opposition to this. They talked, listened and negotiated to reach the best result that was possible. A lot more work is now ahead by the WIA as it talks to the ACMAN next year about the allocation and when VK is expected to be able to use it. The IARU has also been concentrating on the next WARC in 2019, including a plan to harmonise globally the 50 to 54 MHz band. Another issue is spectrum allocation for short-duration satellites, avoiding the potential for these non-amateur nanosatellites and picosatellites using the amateur service bands. The second activation of VI0 ANZAC at Casey Station. After duties involved with the landing of the giant RAAF C-17 Globemaster supply aircraft, VI-0 ANZAC was activated Sunday last, November 22. His earlier WIA ANZAC 100 program session was in August. During this time, VI-0 ANZAC worked 68 stations, mostly in VK. Propagation was interesting to say the least. On 20 metres at the start, Doug was receiving good reports into VK-5, particularly from around Mount Gambier. 30 minutes later, the VK7s and 3s kicked in. All the time, the signals were getting stronger. He then proceeded to have VK2s and some VK4s. One VK6 was worked and several others in the Pacific Islands. Doug changed to 15 metres for the last 30 minutes of the activation and made a further 15 contacts. VK0DMV has agreed to be one of the guest speakers at the WIA 2016 AGM on Norfolk Island with pictures and first-hand accounts of his Antarctic exploits. The end is near for our Gallipoli commemoration. The WIA Anzac 100 Last Hurrah campaign continues to honour all who fought for the country at war and in other conflicts. The RAN submarine AE-2, while under attack, secured the heavily fortified Dardanelles, paving the way for the Allied attack against the Ottoman Empire on April 25, 1915. The gallant actions of AE-2 have been commemorated through the callsign VI-4AE-2. The same team is now to commemorate the Royal Australian Navy bridging train using the VI-4 Anzac callsign. The first Royal Australian Naval Bridging Train was formed in Melbourne 1915 and was intended to be a horse-drawn engineering unit attached to the Royal Naval Division. 
The term train, in its title, was a direct reference to the horse-drawn wagons that would, in theory, form and move in train to carry the unit's heavy lumber, building materials and engineering equipment to the front. 300 naval reservists were selected for the first RANBT and they began their training in horsemanship, engineering and pontoon bridging at the Domain in Melbourne. In the Anzac 100 program, the WIA has concentrated on the battle at Gallipoli from April 25 till December 20. Nine Victoria Crosses were earned at Gallipoli, costing more than 11,400 lives. The series of articles reflecting at the Anzac centenary looking back on the role of radio amateurs is to be summarised by WIA historian Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV. In Amateur Radio magazine, he'll look back on a wealth of researched articles that record some of the activities of those who preceded us. The articles look at World War I, the war to end all wars, the in-between years leading up to World War II, and after that, conflicts and remembering mates. It was the very active radio amateurs applying their newly gained skills to help bedridden World War I invalids by installing special multi-point broadcast receivers to veterans' hostels, as well as continuing their own interests. This broadcast cannot do justice to the nearly 4,000 words of the soon-to-be-published wrap-up that includes illustrations, and Peter thanks all authors. Don't be surprised if those stories and more appear in a single compendium publication in 2016. WIA historian VK3RV has done an excellent job of discovery and encapsulating what we currently know about our rich history. Norfolk Island, WIA, AGM and the package offer to attend the Wireless Institute of Australia's annual general meeting in May on Norfolk will close Friday, December 4. Although anyone wishing to attend the AGM can still do so, but needs to make their own travel arrangements. The WIA board has double-checked the requirements and, on professional advice received, this AGM can be held on Norfolk. It really is a great opportunity to be part of. The WIA AGM on Norfolk, May 27, 28 and 29, and please keep a watch on the WIA website for further developments, including that talk by VK0DMV Doug. WIA Special Purpose Grants, Round 2 Deadline. The WIA called for proposals earlier this year to the second round of WIA special purpose grants and has allocated up to $6,000 with no limits on the number of projects. This year's strategic direction is the advancement of amateur radio in Australia through innovation, experimentation and education. The project should be new, realistic, achievable within 12 months from the date of the grant or partly achievable through a stage process and should broadly benefit amateur radio in Australia. Applicants do need to read the WIA Special Purpose Grant Rules and the flowchart which explains the selection process. The closing date for submissions is December 18. December 18, the reason for that date, will become clearer in just a moment. The streamlining of office procedures and the ACMA New Spectra data system has resulted in an average reduction of two weeks to fully process exam results and issue a licence. In the lead-up to the summer break, the WIA exam service is now unable to handle any assessment packs received after November 25, although a few results received before that date may receive a licence from the ACMA. The WIA office is to close December 18 and reopen Monday, January 11. That's when all normal functions, including the WIA exam service, resume. And we certainly thank all the WIA volunteers. 
An enormous amount of volunteer work is carried out by the Wireless Institute of Australia on behalf of its members and for amateur radio generally. The United Nations International Volunteer Day is on Saturday the 5th of December 2015 and it's held to create an awareness of volunteerism and our community. Volunteers enable many organisations to function and provide service and the Wireless Institute of Australia is such an organisation. An enormous amount of voluntary work is carried out by the Wireless Institute of Australia on behalf of its members and for amateur radio generally. The WIA Board of Directors, the Publications Committee, the VK1 WIA Weekly Broadcast and regular contributions come from many of the structured WIA committees all staffed by volunteers. This volunteer effort seamlessly forms the work of the WIA. And of course, it's easy for us as members to see the benefits of the results, but without any understanding of the behind-the-scenes work involved to make it all happen. So, please give a thought and praise to the many WIA volunteers who give up their time to carry out roles on your behalf. To learn more about them and the WIA, Go to the website at www.wia.org.au. VK1 WIA, all local news. We go around VK in 80 seconds. The Central Coast Amateur Radio Club are looking forward to welcoming all interested in amateur radio to their annual field day event at Wyong Racecourse, Sunday, February the 28th, 2016. We are expecting a really big event this year, and remember... The Wyong Field Day starts at 6.30am for the flea market and 9am for the traders and seminars. And it all goes ahead, rain, hail or shine. For those of you coming to the Central Coast Field Day on the train, there will be a free shuttle bus service to the event. We wish all of those taking their foundation licence or upgrade assessments the best of success. For full details about the Field Day, please go to the website at www.fieldday.org.au. This from Dave, VK2DLS, Publicity Officer of the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club. Well, just like getting to Mecca once in a lifetime, we certainly have to get to Wyong more than once in a lifetime. In VK4, Santa, well, he may not have made it into Darwin in 74, but he is appearing, in one form or another, at both of the North Queensland clubs of Townsville and Atherton Tablelands. The Townsville Amateur Radio Club's Christmas party is happening at the VK4 FNQT DX Hub Sunday, December 13 from 2pm and includes a Mega Monster auction, Christmas Prezi auction, barbecue supplied by Tark Club and swims in the concrete pond. For further info, contact VK4ZZ at wia.org.au. And ahead of Tark, however, sees Tablelands Radio and Electronics Club end-of-year function happening at Atherton, the Stump Hotel, Saturday, December 12, from 11am. Contact there, vk4dmc at wia.org.au. In VK3, the Homebrew Construction Group of Amateur Radio Victoria aims to promote the exchange of ideas and knowledge between radio amateurs who are enthusiastic builders of their own equipment. Jim VK3PC says that the October and November meetings saw presentations by Eric VK3EAC and Ian VK3LA regarding printed circuit board and production. Saturday, December 5, Rod VK3MQ will demonstrate a simple toner transfer process using a laser printer and paper that is reclaimed from magazines. Another interesting talk. The venue... 
Amateur Radio Victoria Rooms, 40G Victory Boulevard, Ashburton, 2pm, Saturday, December 5, the last meeting for the year, and they resume the first Saturday of the month in February 2016. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Truly an international event of wonderment, Marconi's speech release reflects on our history. In the first direct wireless message from England to Australia on September 22, 1918, our Prime Minister Billy Hughes sent a message from the Marconi Wireless Station in Wales and it was received by Ernest Fisk at Wurunga in Sydney. As Managing Director of Amalgamated Wireless Australasia and promoter of Marconi Wireless, he had set up an experimental station at his house. In that inaugural contact, the Prime Minister commented on the valour of Australian troops at Amiens in France during the 100-day offensive that ultimately led to the end of World War I. Fisk had arranged the transmission of messages from Britain to demonstrate wireless communication to the Australian government. On December 14, 1935, the Fisk Memorial at Warunga was unveiled, with the former Prime Minister Billy Hughes and Sir Ernest Fisk commemorating the first direct wireless message. Courtesy of the Essex Record Office, let us now listen to part of the dedication speech given by Guglielmo Marconi. Australia is indeed to be congratulated for having still at its disposal the services of so distinguished an engineer as Mr. E.T. Fisk, whose skill and research have been of inestimable value in bringing your wireless communication to its present high level of efficiency. In conclusion, may I say that it has given me genuine pleasure to be associated with the unveiling today of the Warunga Monument to mark the now historic spot which had so important a part in my earlier experiments. For I firmly believe that without economical and efficient long-distance communications, no country can make much headway. The Warunga Amateur Historical Radio Society, in conjunction with the Hornsby and Districts Amateur Radio Club, has, each April since 1994, marked International Marconi Day with the VK2 India Mike Delta callsign. Why GB7DMR could not access their repeater? The repeater was stolen between 6.50pm on Sunday, 15th of November, and 7am on the 16th, the main GB7 Hotel Mike DMR digital voice repeater and backups were stolen from the repeater site six miles north of Wrexham. So far, no clues as to the RF culprits, but the thought is they may be repeat offenders. A satellite mishap is letting physicists test Einstein's theory of relativity. When life gives you lemons, make lemonade, right? That, at least, is the motto the European Space Agency seems to have embraced with respect to two wayward satellites which are being repurposed to provide the most accurate assessment yet of how gravity affects the passage of time. VK7WI News says that last year, a Russian Soyuz rocket accidentally placed two ESA-operated GPS satellites into elliptical rather than circular orbits. The faulty launch leaves the satellites unfit to perform their intended duties as part of a global Galileo GPS system. It would have been a huge waste of money and resources, but there's a silver lining. 
To wit, physicists now have a unique opportunity to test one of the key predictions of Albert Einstein's theory of general relativity, that clocks run more slowly when they're close to heavy objects because of how gravity warps the fabric of space-time. As the two Galileo satellites swing toward and away from the Earth in their oblong orbits, German and French physicists will track the speeding and slowing of time using the spacecraft's onboard atomic clocks. To date, our best measurements of the so-called time dilation effect were made in 1976 in an experiment that lasted a mere two hours. The Galileo satellites will be tracked for a year, enabling physicists to make measurements up to four times more accurate. Fast fact to finish, or Danish, what's your guess on how many smartphones were produced in 2015? Initial estimates indicate by the end of the year we're looking at a figure of over 1.4 billion. 1.4 billion. That works out roughly that every one in two inhabitants on this tiny planet is a smartphone user. Never before have we seen such a rapid uptake of new technology. And it's only been eight years since iPhone 1 made its debut. In Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. News, talk and radio sport. Here with VK1 WIA. This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, with a call for final logs for the spring VHF-UHF field day, held over the 14th and 15th of November. Submit your logs, folks. Make the other participants happy. The deadline is midnight, 30th of November. Yes, tomorrow. May I suggest you do it before you start on your Sunday barbecue prawns. Get cracking and get those logs in, people. What with the new sections to enter, you never know how it might turn out. Logs already submitted have poured in from all over, even VK6 this time. If you had a go in the spring VHF-UHF field day and handed out a few serial numbers, it does not matter if you had just one contact, three contacts, ten contacts or a hundred. Write up a log and submit it. If you made a small number of contacts, you can prepare a log with nothing more than a text editor just as I've done in the past. Otherwise, you might consider using the VKCL application to score your contacts for both Division 1 and Division 2. It's not hard these days. Guidance is on the WIA website on the VHF UHF Field Days page under Contests. You can submit your electronic log using the Log Upload facility on that page. Logs uploaded after 2400 hours Eastern Daylight Saving Time will not be accepted. So, one contact, ten contacts, or a hundred. Portable or home. Get cracking. But wait, there's more. Pretty soon, we'll be calling for submissions to gauge your views on development of future VHF, UHF field days. Keep an eye on the website and an ear on the news for your opportunity to have your say. This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. Tom Felix, VK4FUQ, 2015-2016. This week, the biggest contest in the world is the CWLYDXCW contest. It is running for 48 hours over the 28th and 29th using the bands 1.8 to 28 MHz. The exchange is your signal report and CQ zone. Special event stations, DX Beacon, Peter and NetAdvice. DX Most Wanted Survey, ENDS. Often quoted, an iconic reliable source, the DX magazine will no longer survey its readers on their wanted DX entities. To avoid duplication, save time and effort, is to draw on a similar Clublog survey. That survey by Clublog will serve the DX community. 
After 25 years, with input from the exes, the former most wanted survey published early each year by DX Magazine has ended. DX Magazine will keep publishing its reports and expresses thanks to those who have supported its previous survey. Clublog Online generates its monthly most wanted list based on QSOs uploaded to it. The current top five are P5 North Korea, 3Y Stroke B Bivay Island, VP8S South Sandwich, FT5W Crozet Island, VK0H Heard Island. H Night marks the post war revival of amateur radio. The return of amateur radio in New Zealand after World War II in 1945, dubbed back then as H Night, is to be celebrated in December by a special event station ZL6H. It also marks the time 70 years ago when our communications hobby was restored slowly throughout the world. Rob Carter, ZL2IW, given ZL6H by the NZAAT Council, will mark the H night occasion on December 8 with honour activity between 7.30pm and 10pm New Zealand time. A summary of the first H night is in the book Ham Shacks, Brass Pounders and Rag Chewers. On next week's broadcast, we will look at the resumption after World War II of amateur radio in Australia. Once again, for the entire month of December, stations in several countries will be on the air looking for contacts using Yota, as their call sign suffix. Yota stations will be seeking to make many contacts, so take this opportunity to connect young amateurs in their teens and 20s with their peers on the air. A special call sign, ZS9 Yota, has been obtained for use by young amateurs in South Africa. During Yota month, 1-31 to December 2015, IIRU is 90. To celebrate the 90th anniversary of the IARU, several countries have special event stations running to the end of the year. Contacts with these stations go towards the diploma celebrating this IARU milestone. We need to contact 10 special IARU call signs before the end of 2015. Members of the Malta Amateur Radio League are using 9H90IARU, QSL9H1SP, EV90IARU is on the air from Belarus, and UQSL via EW1I. The Radio Club of Haiti will be using HH90IARU, and the QSL manager is W3HNK. Sicilian station II9IARU is on the wireless now until the 31st of December. The Mongolian National Society is putting JT90IARU on air, QSL via JT1KAA. UP90IARU is from Kazakhstan, with RW6HS acting as QSL manager. And of course your WIA is now active with its VI90IARU callsign, under a roster of its members. Another special event call which ends in December is PD15XMAS. The special event station PD15XMAS will be on the air from December 5 to January 1. In Liberia, Donald EL2DW is working from Monrovia until the 17th of December and can be found on 20, 15 and 10 metres using SSB. QSL via KD4UDU in Florida. Finally this week, the WIA Inwards QSL Bureau. Some 7,000 cars from Japan and about the same amount from Spain are now being processed by the WIA Inwards QSL Bureau, along with smaller lots from Hungary, Russia and USA. These will be sent to the state and territory QSL bureaus. The QSL cars from Spain have been wet in transit and experienced some damage to them. All cars have been sorted, so please 
Make allowance for a few damaged ones you may receive. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Let's have a look at the Q News Workbench and Intruder Watch. Some friendly fire is occurring on the amateur radio bands when data transmissions are suffering avoidable interference at the hands of we fellow radio amateurs. A few may consider digital signals as being that coming from intruders, while others are not careful enough when choosing where to operate on a clear frequency. The issue of digital modes was raised by the New Zealand Association of Radio Transmitters, the NZART, at the recent IARU Region 3 conference in Bali. The NZART paper by Murray Greenman, ZL1BPU, pointed to their increased popularity, yet the band planned digital mode section continues to be plagued with unnecessary interference. So please, listen first, then if need be, QSY. The Q News Workbench and Making Things, Inspiring the Young. In order to encourage new and young interests in radio and electronics, a brand new and exciting event has been added to the United Kingdom's calendar and it's called Making Things. This event is designed to encourage, inspire and generate interest from younger folk. Details are available on the website makingthings.eu and Making Things is one word. Hi, I'm Brian VK3GR with this week's worldwide special interest group news starting at Final Frontier. On November 22nd this year, SSTV and DigiTalker transmissions were made from the Sprout amateur radio satellite. The transmissions on 437.6 MHz FM, plus or minus 9 kHz for Doppler shift, are planned to take place every Sunday Japanese Standard Time. Many FM radios can be switched between wide and narrow deviation FM filters. For best results, you should select the wider filter setting designed for 5 kHz deviation. Sprout, space research on unique technology, was built by the students from Nihon University. To worldwide special interest groups, radio scouting. The 24th Australian Jamboree has amateur radio. The biggest Australian Jamboree, or AJ 2016, will see over 12,000 scouts from around Australia and overseas converge on Cataract Park, about 70 kilometres from Sydney in this January. The Fisher's Ghost Amateur Radio Club will be there January 2nd through 14th, busy using the special call sign VI2AJ 2016 during the day and into the early evenings. Now worldwide special interest groups, Rescue Radio. There's no question about the forecast for December 5th, 2015. The bands will be partly crowded with 100% chance of participation. That's the date the National Weather Service and the ARRL have set for their 17th annual Skywarn Recognition Day, a 24-hour opportunity for hams to acknowledge colleagues who serve as trained volunteers assisting the US Weather Service. Now, special interest group Software 4 Radio, no contest, N1MM is a winner. Like so many of the ham radio contesters who rely on it, the popular logging software N1MM has scored an award-winning contact. The Yasmi Foundation's Board of Directors has announced that the development team behind the logging program N1MM has been given the Yasmi Excellence Award. The team includes Tom Wagner, N1MM, Rick Ellison, N2AMG, Steve London, N2IC and a number of others. 
The classic version of the program is a free offering used by contesters worldwide. N1MM Plus was then developed as a rewritten, revised version of the original software. The California-based non-profit foundation gives its excellence award, a plaque and monetary gift recognizing those who make significant contributions to ham radio from an operational, organizational, or technical standpoint. And they have found N1MM deserving no contest. Now, Worldwide Special Interest Group's Youngsters on the Air. In today's operational news from the WIA, Felix VK4FUQ told us of Youngsters on the Air. This December, one such Yoda station will be G15 Yoda and its regional variations taking part in Youngsters on the Air Month. The mix of participants is diverse, from schools to university and local clubs. Many of the operators will be experiencing amateur radio for the first time and it is also a great opportunity for those youngsters already licensed to get on the air. And the first couple of activations will take place on the 2nd of December at Jurman District's Amateur Radio Club and on the 3rd at the Number 2 Welsh Wing RAF Air Cadets. If you hear the youngsters on the air, please make the time to talk to them. That's all I have this week. I'm Brian, VK3GR, signing off. Now to the final final, and we're out of here. Does the WIA have your details correct? Check them out by logging in to the online MemNet. You will need your member number to log in, and this can be easily found on the Amateur Radio Magazine flysheet. MemNet has a heap of advantages, including the receipt of updated information, online renewals, no-hassle changes to a call sign or address, and access to membership services like the digital magazine and awards. Have a look at your details on MemNet today. Now we leave you. I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.